Would you believe me if I told you that Tom Brady is two games under 500 for the first time ever, honestly? They tried to host the Ravens on Thursday night. Well, let's be fair. They did host the Ravens, and it did not go well, did it, Devin? Um, yeah, it, it went well for the, the uh, fans of Thursday Night Football. We had another combined score of almost 50 points on a Thursday, which seems like something that we've been years away from at this point. Um, Tampa Bay's uh, just in a really bad spot. Um, I don't know how they're going to get out of this. The offense is kind of coming together a little bit, but the offensive line troubles continue to be a huge problem for this Tampa Bay unit. Uh, Brady is as old as he's ever been. And it's kind of showing. Granted, yeah, I say that with the grain of salt. He threw for 325 yards and a touchdown. But the efficiency that we came so accustomed to seeing out of this Buccaneers unit, is it's it's been sapped. I, I don't know where it's gone. And that's the biggest problem thus far. The rushing attack is terrible. You have 13 carries combined between your running backs for less than 50 yards. That can't happen on any NFL game, regardless of who you're playing. It's just, for this team, they can't control the game in the way that they've been able to in the past. And it'd be one thing if their defense was as formidable as it was two years ago. But the defense isn't even the same. It's it's genuinely like Pandora's box has been opened. Injuries are getting to them. Age is getting to them. Coaching is get, getting to them. It's, it's the perfect storm, for lack of better terms. Is it fair to say that some of the efficiency went out the door with Rob Gronkowski? I think it went out the door with Bruce Arians, to be honest. I know Leftwich was the coordinator for the entirety of the Brady offense, but at the same time, Bruce Arians commands respect in a way that I don't think Leftwich currently has in the NFL. Um, Bruce Arians was a veteran coach who earned his keep through places like Indianapolis, Arizona, and Tampa Bay, for the uh, lack of better terms. He, he, He was a guy that earned his keep in the NFL in a way that I really respect, and Leftwich should be able to do the same, but... I just think the nuance and experience of Arians was crucial to this team. And I was a little skittish coming into the year with Arians leaving in the offseason. Because even last year, there was kind of some heads butting between Brady and Arians and some of the other players. Uh, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown and Arians got into the huge blow up in the final week of the season. And AB hasn't seen a field since. And the Bucks haven't seen the field in the way that they saw pre-AB leaving. Like this team just feels a little empty. And yes, they well, yeah, you you brought in Julio Jones and he's barely played, you know, for the past three years. Him and Mike Evans hooked up on some good deep balls, but at the same time, they looked off, like on different pages multiple times. Chris Godwin really wasn't involved in the second half. He missed a wide open, not a wide open, but he failed to lead out Kyle Rudolph properly for a touchdown. He had a Kate Otten touchdown pulled back. Just everything that could have gone wrong and Brady's missing throws that we're used to him seeing. And I think the biggest thing is that we're so, we've been so used to Tom Brady winning for 20 years. When he starts losing, something's wrong. Like, like he's, he's what, 43, 44? He's 45. He's 45 at this point. So, you know, at some point, we've all said it for the past 10 years at Tom Brady of father time will get to somebody eventually. And Tom Brady's still chucking the ball and in the top five in passing yards right now, but he's not winning games. And really that's what matters the most. And we're not even going to get into the personal life stuff. And it, it it's what we it see doesn't on the matter. field. It, exactly. Yeah. The personal life stuff is personal life. Brady just Max Kellerman called his shot. I believe like five, six years ago. And it's 
genuinely interesting to see how it's going to work out. Um, it's it's just it's tough. Like every quarterback has the seminal moment where it basically tells you, hey, like the best days are behind you. Like to quote Ed Helms from The Office, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days whenever you were still in them. And yeah. I think regardless of how bad Brady is this year, we have to apply it to the proper context. Brady at his worst is still better than almost half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he's not right. the worst guy leading an offense right now. He's just not what he was two years ago. And that is the biggest problem. The Bucks were a team ready made for a starting quarterback to star quarterback to take them to the next level. A guy like a Jameis had the capacity to lead them to like a 500 record due to just the overall propensity of the offense to score points. Brady manages games in a way that nobody else has been able to, regardless of how talented you think he is, he has been able to control football games from the start. And whether it be due to the lack of the offensive line, the change in head coaching, the loss of key weapons, and a defense that just isn't as stacked as it was in previous years, managing these games is becoming more and more difficult. And a big thing with this game is the defense hemorrhaged in the second half. Baltimore put up 24 points in the second half. And if I'm correct, they didn't have Mark Andrews for the better part of the second half. And yeah, that's, the thing that's, that's the thing that's super alarming to me. That's the super alarming part to me. I get Lamar Jackson is one of the most dynamic players in football. But to lose to Lamar Jackson and this treasure trove of spare parts, it's a little alarming. And if I'm correct, they played in Tampa this week. Lamar went into Tampa Bay, played a hell of a game. Devin Duvernay got a rushing touchdown. They were able to win this game by playing Ravens football and not allowing the Broncos to make them morph to their play style. Because well, and, the, and the thing is, guys stepped up when they needed to. Isaiah likely filled in yep. for Mark Andrews, six receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. And then Demarcus Robinson, six receptions for 64 yards. Devin Duvernay, four for 31. Even James Prochet, Kenyon Drake. While they do not have the star talent on the perimeter or through their running back room currently, there's a lot of decent to very good talent that the Ravens have at their disposal. It sucks that Bateman got hurt again. It sucks that Andrews had to miss this game. But Lamar's proving the worth that he genuinely has to a team like this because the best quarterbacks in the league produce regardless of the talent around them, a la a Tom Brady for a stretch of those years in New England where Deion Branch was his number one receiver and he had a just carousel of running backs. Like that's what differentiates the best from the best. Because yeah. a lot of quarterbacks can put up numbers with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Granted, Peyton did it better than damn near anybody else ever could have. But that's the point. It's the differences between Joe Burrows and Justin Herberts. They're very good players, but weapons genuinely matter. And the guys that can produce without those top-tier weapons, they, they, they just have an intangible factor. To me, that matters. And Lamar's proving it week in and week out this year, even in, even in his down weeks. He's keeping the team in games. And for not some of it's not even Lamar's fault. John Harbaugh gets cute in some of these games. He doesn't take points. He goes for the two point conversion. And I understand he's earned that he's earned the ability to puff his chest out and say, yeah, I'm going to do this. He's been there for decade plus Super Bowl champion losing seasons few and far between. So it's great to see Lamar win a game like this, whenever there's so much scrutiny going towards him, especially coming into this off season where he didn't sign the extension where he doesn't want to be franchise tagged. He's earning every penny he should see this offseason. And 
I'm just more worried about Tampa Bay than I am about Baltimore moving forward because at five and three, Baltimore's in a pole position to win their division, especially with Jamar Chase going down with the hip. I think they are as good as I expected them to be. And it's surprising because of how bad the secondary was to start the year. They're starting to tighten up. Yeah. Broncos country. Let's high knee at 50,000 feet. Ooh, we picked the Jags to win this game, but the Broncos pulled it out. Um, big mistakes. I'm not going to get on Doug Peterson for this one. He can no longer use James Robinson. He has to give Travis Etienne the ball. And Travis Etienne had 24 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown and also got in three receptions for six yards. That's not too much, but the catches are still worth something. Um they just made big mistakes at the wrong time. They had a goal line interception. They had some turnovers and the, the Broncos were just able to capitalize at the right time and push down at the right time. I think Greg Dulcich basically led an entire drive all the way down. Um, Russell Wilson went 18 for 30, 252, a touchdown and a pick. Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon also got touchdowns each. Um, but Trevor Lawrence only threw for 131 yards. He threw two picks. Like those are the things that matter the most. And you were on Tyler's uh, show uh, earlier, you know, shout out to Tyler um, for letting, De- letting Devin jump on the show earlier for fantasy. And you were talking about the concern level of Trevor Lawrence and how it's still fairly low right now. And granted they're, they are more fantasy driven. You can kind of look at it on both sides here. A lot of people were still pretty, you know, low on the concern side for Trevor Lawrence. And we all know he's going to be the starter next year, like we all said. But at what point do we need to see him take the next step? Because a lot of people talk about these guys who have made their jumps because they've gotten their guy. I don't think Christian Kirk or Marvin Jones or Zay Jones is the guy for Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne is his guy now. Um, But at what point does he need really somebody who can get consistent separation? Their defense is holding up pretty okay. They haven't given up a shit ton of points. They haven't gotten really blown out all season. They've played good games across the board. But with Trevor Lawrence throwing for only 133 yards, what does he need to do to take that next step and get the Jaguars to the next step where they need to be? Because they'll probably have another early pick. And at that point, I don't, think there's any top wide receivers that are going to be in the top 10 of the draft next year. So I think you're looking at a defensive piece because you're not going to go quarterback. Well, I think there's a lot of intriguing options coming out of this year's draft for wide receiver. We'll get into those. Obviously the season progresses. Marvin Harrison jr. Is going to be one of the top receivers taken next year and probably one of the first off the board. Ineligible. I don't know. He's ineligible. He can't be drafted this year. He's a freshman, I believe. Oh, so he's probably – he played last year, so he's a sophomore. That is tough. Never oh, mind. But yeah, um, he's, he's ineligible for the next draft. That hurts my heart. There are a handful <laughs> of receivers that I think are going to be very talented, but I do think this uh, Jaguars unit could definitely use some help at the uh, – on the defensive end. I think you – the thing about evaluating talent at quarterback, especially over the last 10 years, it's very easy to get into this habit of you went first, you have to produce because you have some of these guys like a Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, even uh, we've seen Josh Allen, guys that aren't taken in the top five at quarterback coming in and producing at exorbitant levels from Rip. Justin Herbert was outside of the top five. Um, and, yes, Joe Burrow was the first overall pick, but Joe Burrow 
Um, I, I just think there's that we have to temper expectations a bit because LSU was not this established dominant program. I understand LSU in the grand scheme of the context. Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State, had elite talent around him, and broke almost every single record the college football had seen for a quarterback. But at the same time, LSU wasn't Alabama. LSU was mm-hmm. not Clemson. And these factories of schools that are producing NFL talent, draft after draft after draft after draft, you have to temper the expectations for the quarterbacks that are going from these great programs with established cultures and insane insane treasure troves of talent around them and going into these situations where it's ground zero and they're the best player in the building at all times. Um, so I, I, even though the Jaguars lost this game, technically they won. Uh, the Broncos don't, don't own their first round pick. The Jaguars do. They have hopefully their franchise quarterback and they figured out that their running back is their guy, for lack of better terms. You and I have been screaming from the rooftops that Jay, that Tra- Travis Etienne is the best back in Jacksonville. And they finally like came to and Etienne came to in a big way. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a jump real quick because uh, De- Divine earlier in the season um, said we were too low on the Seahawks and he did. you know, Pete Carroll. And this, you got us, brother. You, you got us. You got us. You, we we'll we'll get to the Seahawks down the line um, because they were a late game. They're they're technically like late on our slate. But uh, just to touch on that real quick, it, it they're five and three, and I can't <laughs> I cannot discredit what Geno Smith and Pete Carroll are doing right now. It's Broncos. It's Broncos can't fly. Seahawks can. I don't understand where my mind was. <laughs> by so kudos to Pete Carroll. All the juicy fruit in the world for that man. But back, but back to the Jags. Yeah, um, I don't think it's that bad of a loss for them. The thing that we mentioned about the Jaguars before the season even started was this is a team that has the capacity to win six or seven games. Will it happen? Maybe, maybe not. I think they finished their season yeah. with like five, six wins, and they're yeah. going to play teams extremely tough. Um, this is a team that had basically built from ground zero. They got rid of Calais Campbell. They got rid of Yannick Ngakwe. C.J. Henderson, Jalen Ramsey, everything that made this defensive unit great, even the offensive pieces are gone to. Leonard Fournette was released. This is a team mm-hmm. that over the last three years is completely new. And to, to Divine Comedy's point, is Lawrence a lemon, though? I don't, I, I'm not going to judge that quickly. This is effectively I, – I know he played a full season last year. I'm counting this as his rookie season just because the Urban Meyer experiment failed in every way I, I think I think the biggest thing too is yeah with Urban Meyer you had one of the worst coaching experiences of your entire life I think Doug Peterson is a good coach and I think if he can stay there for three to four years Trevor can take a next step maybe not like a Josh Allen-esque step I think that's you know an anomaly an outlier that we may never see again because Josh Allen took insane steps with Brian Dable and Sean McDermott compared to his contemporaries Trevor Lawrence is still looking like the best quarterback in his class. Justin Fields is starting to do a lot better with a whole lot less right now. So I think he's getting there. But Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a little unfair. Um, he really We haven't seen Trey Lance really too much. Um, but Zach Wilson has now looked exposed without Brees Hall. Mac Jones has really taken a step back from what he's doing. So I don't know. I just think the more he's able to stay with the same coaching staff, he will get better. I just don't know. I don't know how big the step is going to be. And that's going to be the biggest question is, is 
I think he could take a step forward, but how big is the step going to be? That's that's the biggest thing. I think we just need to kind of change the uh, the, the, the 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 mirror that we're looking into whenever it comes to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was drafted first overall, but a lot of the discourse around Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson was akin to being the next Andrew Luck, and I think that undersells who Andrew Luck truly was as a player. Um, Lawrence is top 10 in passing yards. He's, he's been sacked 12 times. Biggest gripe with him right now is just turning the ball over. That five-turnover game is a big eyesore on his resume for this year, um, but – Quarterbacks don't translate year one, year two as often as we really think they do. Two was in year three. Herbert and Burrow were anomalies their first years. Mahomes sat his entire first year. And a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he didn't play for his first two, three years in the league. Josh Allen, albeit before Brady left that division, was a passable quarterback. Josh Allen was yeah. an instant translation. Yes, mm -hmm. comparing... Lawrence to Kyler Murray in terms of flat out production at the gate. Kyler Murray is le leaps and bounds better than what Trevor Lawrence has been. But then again, yeah, Kyler you, Murray you is can't a compare him to other first round picks because he he is not anywhere near his contemporaries of first overall picks right now. It's, Correct. it's yes. not even close. It's more so looking at just how Trevor is performing in relation to the quarterbacks in front of him today. I think he's better than half the other quarterbacks in the league, just based upon intangibles and stats. And then obviously he's not in that top tier, but I think he's in a tier above everybody else he was drafted around and even all the quarterbacks that were drafted this previous draft. So there's far worse places to be than having Trevor Lawrence in year two. Yeah, But it could get worse. I expect it to get better. Before we go to the next game, uh, our Amari Cooper stock now has to score one extra point because he threw an interception. Amari threw an interception. Amari Cooper threw an interception. So now we're at negative one point for Amari he's Cooper. Going, he's, he's dropping in my dynasty quarterback rankings as we speak. We're cursed. That league is cursed and it's not particularly close. Speaking of not cursed, uh, the Lions are cursed. Um, but Tua Tagovailoa is not. Um, 29 for 36, 382 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, once again, referencing the Tyler show when you guys were talking about Tua Tagovailoa, he has the weapons that work out perfectly for his makeup. Yep. Tua is not going to blow you away with his arm strength, but he is going to hit you accurately in stride well every time. Sometimes he throws what we call suicide balls, but when you throw them to uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, it usually doesn't matter because they're faster than everyone else. Um, and that's just what they're going to do. It, it, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are now the uh, first duo, uh, like highest yards in history through eight games. Um, Tyree Kill... Had he's 12 receptions. He's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's single season receiving record at this point. He had, Granted, he had one more game. 188 yards. I mean, That's I wouldn't like be surprised thing. if he broke it. He broke it in 16 games the way he's playing. Yeah. Um, but Jalen Waddle, eight for 106 and two touchdowns. And then everyone else was kind of non existent after that. Raheem Mostert had 14 catches, but this, this team doesn't need to run. They really can just tear up the game. And on the other side, you got the Lions, who have the worst defense in the league. And the question to me is that the Lions are going to be in the top five of picks. Yeah. They're getting a quarterback, right? It depends um, if they can get a guy like Will Anderson to drop. Because if they have the first overall pick, I think he'd go defense. <laughs> That's just the way I see it. They, they already invested so much in the offensive line. They have weapons currently. Um, I just... 
If you're 32nd in the league in defense, I don't see how you don't draft a defender with your first round pick in a draft like this. Because yes, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are both incredibly uh, well-rounded prospects in terms of the quarterback position. There is some baggage with either of those guys due to the fact that they are uh, Ohio State and Alabama quarterbacks. I know that they have stigmas around, especially CJ Stroud with the uh, with the uh, track record of Ohio State as a school and the quarterbacks they produce at the NFL level. I think that's a little bit too much to swallow in my eyes. If you're going to draft the guy, draft them because you believe in the talent, not in the school. Yeah. But I think it, it could be a problem whenever you're picking in the top five and you have the Detroit Lions who have a guy in Jared Goff who I don't think is losing them games weekly. I think if you provide them with a better defense, they could be three and four at this yeah, three and four at this point or oh 100 they could like have beaten the eagles they could have beaten uh the seahawks they could have beaten the dolphins they were up on the dolphins early exactly this this is a team that the offense is not the issue they're scoring almost 25 to 30 points a game i think they go after defensive uh talent that's going to be difference makers in this draft hopefully the next two drafts they have jared goff on big money until i believe 2026 or until they have an out, which I don't think the out comes until two years from now anyways. So there's, I've said this numerous times, there are far worse players to have a quarterback than Jared Goff. What yeah. if you, cause if they didn't have the offensive line, yeah, get a better guy. Cause whenever Jared Goff is pressured, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Whenever he's protected, he's shown it in LA and he shows it in glimpses in Detroit. He can play NFL football. He was the first overall pick for a multitude of reasons but I don't think drafting a quarterback in this year's draft is going to fix their problems because you can go fucking two and seven, two, two and 15 every year with, uh, with any quarterback and a defense that is this bad because the offense is cool. The offense is good. I think they're better off taking defense in the first round, getting a skill guy in the second round. And they still haven't seen Jamison Williams on this offense adding more to an offense that's already this set unless it's another receiver what do they really need it once we see Jamison Williams St. Brown has hit Hawkinson has hit Swift even though he can't stay on the field has hit the offensive line is set they are young I just think you build for the now because if they're going to continue to try and get the next great quarterback before finishing what their defense can be their ceiling is going to be far lower than it ever should have mm -hmm. been for the Dolphins, I think they'll be just fine moving forward. Now that they got Tua back, they are a little beat up in the secondary. Um, and it showed a little bit here, but they shut out the lines in the second half. They got where they needed to go. Their offense is dynamic and should be putting up these amount of points almost every game. Yeah, if Tua's healthy. Um, well, the thing is, for, for as much flack as I can give Joe Burrow for calling him elite in terms of his, his talent, Tua's having what Burrow had last year. You give a talented arm weapons, they're going to produce. And I thought Higgins uh, Chase was one of the best wide receiver duos I'd seen in a long time. I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is the best wide receiver duo in the league. And I don't think it's close. I think talent-wise, those two dudes stacked up against anybody else. You give those yep. two to any quarterback in the league, the numbers are going through the roof. Just because... Yep. Not only is Tyreek Hill one of the most dynamic players in terms of making people miss, and Jalen Waddle is one of the more elusive players in the league, they're two of the fastest receivers in football. They are a cheat code. And there's a reason why Gesicki can have 38 yards and a touchdown, or Sherfield is getting open, or 
Raheem Mostert can average five yards a carry. It's not just the offensive line. It's Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle stretching the defense as thin as humanly possible. Yeah. The tweet, the game that got me featured on freezing cold takes. Yeah, I should turn my heater on. That's how cold the take was. I woke oh up from my a nap God, and Austin dude. was like, hey, dude, um, check this shit out. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I, dude, PJ Walker throws, God, what a 67 yard touchdown to DJ Moore. DJ Moore takes his helmet off, gets a 15 yard penalty. Eddie Pinheiro misses the point after they go into overtime Falcons receive the ball throw a pick CJ Henderson gets nearly down to the 30 to the 20 even and Eddie Pinheiro misses a 33 yard field goal and the Atlanta Falcons go on to win and before the penalty I tweeted out that the Carolina Panthers now lead the NFC South Christian McCaffrey was holding the team back and DJ Moore is insane it still stands that DJ Moore is insane but that's about it that that is that is literally it from that tweet that's left. Um, Marcus Mariota threw the ball, um, something we're not used to in the Arthur Smith 28 era. Times. Uh, twenty-eight times, you know, that's twenty-eight times more than it felt like last week. PJ Walker, nineteen for thirty-six, three seventeen, a touchdown, a pick. Dante Foreman, twenty-six carries for one hundred eighteen yards and three touchdowns, but that just wasn't enough because Eddie Pinheiro said so. Um, well. I, I I understand the discourse around people saying you can't blame DJ Moore. Know the rule book, man. Like to blame Pinero for losing the game. PJ Walker had a pedestrian out, outing, for lack of better terms. Um, you look at the stats or just look at their team. Pinero hit two of his three field goals and he missed an extra point. Pinero misses all three of his field goals. This is this isn't a talking point. He's just cut from the team the next day. Um Sucks for them to lose that way. It's a very uh, Carolina Panthers way to lose a football game. They're not the most really disciplined is. team in the world. Matt Rule still lives in their dreams. Uh, two and six without a paddle. Uh, but Philip Walker threw for a bunch of empty yards and get, got probably throw of the throw of the year to DJ Moore on the final play of the game. What should have been the final play of the game? Um, know the rules. Know the situation. Um, I get DJ Moore has every right to be excited. Keep the helmet on. Terry McLaurin took his helmet on after took his helmet off after that huge reception that brought them down to the one against the Colts. And they, they called timeout. He took his helmet off. You can totally do that, but play within the rules of the game. I know it's boring and I know it's not like the flashy thing to say, but the Panthers beat the Panthers here and there's nothing yeah. to say or do about that. Um, you could blame the kicker. Sure. But you set him back 15 more yards. So I don't know. It's, Imagine the play where DJ Moore makes that touchdown if he got set back 15 yards on that play. He's nowhere near the end zone. It's it's apples and oranges. You can't have it every week. And it's the little things that cost teams huge spots. And the Atlanta Falcons are in pole position of the division now. And with the way the rest of the division is playing, I don't know what's going to happen. But shout out Mariota for you three wanna... touchdowns. Um, Kyle Pitts, about... sorry I benched you. <laughs> right? Seriously. Wow, they I'm, won a game when they threw Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's crazy how that works. It's yeah. weird. You want to talk about being in a pole position and the rest of the division playing bad? The Minnesota Vikings are 6-1. and one. Everyone else in their division has five losses. 
Minnesota Vikings are in a damn good spot. Kyler Murray actually played well on release uh, from on release weekend Modern of Modern Warfare too. But he probably got banned for using aimbot in the campaign or something. So it happens to the best of us. Um, Rondale Moore, dude. Seven for 92 and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, 12 receptions, 159 yards and a touchdown. Zach Ertz had a touchdown. It's the two picks that mattered the most for Kyler Murray. One was underthrown, and the other one was just not on the same page with Zach Ertz at all. Um, they probably don't play Call of Duty together, so it happens. I bet you that's where they talk about most of their plays, too, in the COD lobby. Um, but Kirk Cousins, uh, dual threat, four carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Alexander Madison ran in a touchdown. David Cook ran in a touchdown. Uh, your favorite player, Johnny Munt, got a reception touchdown while Justin Jefferson went six for 98. Vikings just all around are playing well. The defense obviously didn't do too great, gave up 26 points, but Vikings scored 34, and that's all that really matters. Um, what do you think? This is why you bring in Kevin O'Connell. You had Mike Zimmer for the better part of half a decade, and he was defensive-minded, and your defense played like shit. At least with Kevin O'Connell, the offense can outplay what the defense fails to do on a weekly basis. Um, feel bad for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals sliding to three and five, albeit their division sucks right now as well. They're still within earshot of making a push to make the playoffs at three and five. Um, the Vikings are going to win this division and I don't think it's going to be close. I think regardless of how well Green Bay does making up four games this late into the season is an improbability. It would be the most Vikings thing in the world to watch a team in the, uh, NFC North come back on them and win this division, but. It, the Vikings are playing with house money at this point. They're healthier than they've been in a long time. Dalvin, all it took was Dalvin Cook to change his number for this team to realize their full potential. Um, True. Kirk Cousins is not turning the ball over. Justin Jefferson isn't throwing his hands in the air every week, screaming at Kirk to get the damn ball out. And even with a <laughs> porous defense, even with a porous defense at times, they still have the talent on this unit to be able to hold teams. Patrick Peterson had a big pick against Kyler Murray. Um, you've got big names um, like Zadarius Smith, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. You've got you've got players there, and they are able to make impacts regardless of what the outcome does tell you on the final score. The Cardinals are not a bad offense. Uh, for the Vikings to allow 26 points to this unit, the Cardinals' record is worse than what their offense dictates. Um, their defense for the Arizona Cardinals is terrible, um, but – yeah, the uh, the Vikings are just able to keep themselves in games. They're honest to who they are, and they're just putting up points with the best of them. And they're going to have to face a really, really stout defense to kind of slow them down. They better be keen on teams like Philadelphia and Dallas because those are the types of defenses that will give them a lot of trouble. Because I don't think they've seen a truly stellar defense in the run so far. Green Bay yeah. has had issues throughout the year. Arizona's defense has been Swiss cheese since last year. So it's good of them to win these games now because whenever the schedule is going to get tighter and the weeks continue to pile on, they are going to need to capitalize every single week. Yeah. And fire Cliff Clinksberry. Just fire him already. It, it's it. They're three and five. So he didn't start out seven and oh or eight and oh like he normally does. So just fire Kiff Clings, Kiff, Cliff Kingsbury. Obviously, Kiff whatever match. Cliff Kingsbury. What would you do for a Cliff Kingsbury bar? I don't know where I'm going with that, but just fire Cliff Kingsbury, okay? Boy, am I glad we won this game. Boy, good Lord almighty. 
Let me tell you something. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Justin Fields for playing some damn good ball. Um, seven for 23, 152 yards, two touchdowns. He also had eight carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert, 16 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. The, the Bears played good. The Dallas defense did not hold them very well. And that was starting to concern me a little bit because I was ready to lose like 29, 27 and have it be Dak's fault. I was, I was ready for it. Um, but you had Dak Prescott light him up early, um, kind of slowed down in the second half because Tony Pollard kind of took over. Dak Prescott, 21 for 27, 252 touchdowns and an interception. Tony Pollard, 14 carries, 131 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Like, I love Zeke to death, but if, if this is the numbers, I get we're facing one of the worst rush defenses in the league this week. Um, but if Tony Pollard is going to average nine yards a carry and put up three touchdowns every game, um, I will never give Zeke the ball ever again. He can just block for the rest of his days. The problem is Jerry Jones is not going to do that because he's committed so much money to his fifth overall pick. It's just not going to happen. Like, I love the dual-headed backfields. You got Chubb and Hunt. You had um, ETN and uh, J-Rob for a short time. You hated Um, that tandem. (laughs) You can't sit here and say you love that tandem. I'm saying I just well I hated it for fantasy, but overall okay, okay. for a team, you understand fantasy, it, yeah. I hated it. Yeah. yeah, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. I understand this tandem that you put in the backfield, but at this point, Tony Pollard just hits the holes faster, cuts faster, does everything faster. And Zeke was kind of the bowl you over type of guy, but he's not really that type of guy anymore. He's not really bowling guys over. He's looked better this year for sure than he has in in previous years, and I think this rest on Sunday. And a buy coming up this week is going to work wonderful for him. And I think he'll look good the week after when we play Green Bay. Um, but I think it, the ball should predominantly go to Tony Pollard against Green Bay and he'll tear their asses up. Um, but we put up 49 points, so we were willing to beat anybody that week. So the defense took the week off, which was okay this time, but it obviously needs to be better. Um, but I will give a shout out to the Chicago for playing well over their past two games against New England and Dallas, two pretty good defenses. Yeah. Tony Pollard so far this season has put up 506 rushing yards. Zeke has 443. He's right behind Raheem Mostert and right ahead of Justin Fields in terms of overall rushing production. Pollard sits between CMC and Jeff Wilson. Pollard has about. 30 less carries than Zeke at this point for the season. Zeke is not going to be erased from this offense, um, but for the Cowboys' most efficient offense, I think Pollard will continue to see more and more usage. I think the time is now. Um, Zeke is great near the goal line. Zeke is a really fun back to just run between tackles whenever you need it. But in terms of keeping the offense on the field, Tony Pollard makes far more sense. And the thing is, dude, Tony Pollard's playing for a bag. Yep. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know if we're going to be able to keep him, but he's playing for a you're bag not, now. You're not going to keep him. After a season like this, I think there's plenty of teams that are willing to throw money at this guy. Um, yeah. Shout out the Bears. Shout out Matt Eberflus. He continues to prove that he's one of the best hires of this offseason, as much as I talked in the offseason. Um, he's better than Hackett. He's better than McDaniels. I think he's better than Peterson thus far. He's taken a very, very bad team and led them to three wins so far. And he put up 29 points in the best defense in football. So if you guys did lose this, I would have given you shit forever. Because seven touchdowns and a loss doesn't happen. 
But yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, there was never doubt in this game. The Bears are playing their hearts out, but Dallas in their best day is one of the better teams in the NFC currently. Yeah, they just effort, effortlessly push the ball down their throats. Speaking Tony of Pollard, effortlessly. The Raiders man, did not put up any effort whatsoever. Not it was any. It was Alvin Kamara 24, Raiders 0. Raiders I, never made it past the 50 until two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I love Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill had 60 yards. This is you. This is the skew you would usually expect. You expect Taysom Hill with a rushing touchdown, and Kamara would have. Kamara had 18 carries. Taysom Hill's 10. Kamara had a touchdown. Taysom Hill averaged six yards a carry. Taysom Hill is not better than Alvin Kamara. I don't care what anybody says. The Raiders suck. Devontae Adams had one reception for three yards. He had a bad drop too, though. Hunter Renfro had one reception for six yards. This Mac Holland shit is getting old. If I were the Raiders front office, I would look at Josh McDaniels and I would tell him if Devontae Adams is another one reception game this season, you're fired. Because they traded the farm for this guy. And there is no yeah. farm in the NFL. It's all draft picks. They made yeah. him the highest paid wide receiver prior to Tyreek Hill getting traded. They moved any semblance of chances of having first round picks. They made a move like the Rams would have made two years ago for a team that hasn't seen the playoffs since Derek Carr had a full ACL. So I'm not saying I told you so the defense sucks. The offense isn't good. Derek Carr isn't that guy right now. 101 yards and a pick. Josh Jacobs had this. He had a day where he came back down to earth. It's tough to see. You hate to see it, but you did it to yourself. It, it's yeah. shitty and it sucks, but it's the Raiders. I didn't like Devonta Adams of this team. I didn't like the way they drafted. I don't think investing first round picks year after year and cutting them or not picking up fifth year options is conducive to winning football. And they just don't make good decisions in terms of personnel. Yeah. They, I did not like Rich Passaccia. I thought he probably earned another year as the head coach after beating the Chargers and making the playoffs. That was just me. To blame him for the playoff loss, I felt was a bit asinine. I hated the I mean, Josh Would you McDaniels even call hiring. Josh McDaniels a good coordinator at this point? Or do you I, think it was all Bill Belichick? I think McDaniels as a coordinator is fine. I don't think McDaniels as a head coach is great. McDaniels is not a motivator of people. Head coaches are motivators. As a head yeah. coach, you can employ a staff. and Head coaches are good for being the figurehead, they, their head is on the pike every week and they motivate the players. They gain the respect of the players and they put the players in positions because the head coach's job is not to run the offense. They can implement an offense that the coordinator will run, but the head coach is so much more than just the X's and O's. They are, yeah. they, 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 they bear the shield of the team of the players. They're their first defenders. And so I've never had faith in McDaniels. He failed in Denver. He went back to new England and like I've told you before, I'd much rather take a guy that produced on NFL levels with less than stellar talent as a coordinator, as opposed to guys that have been gifted the greatest players to ever touch the field as a coordinator, a la Adam Gase with Peyton Manning, a la Josh yeah. McDaniels with Tom Brady, a la Nathaniel Hackett with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Because the problem yeah. is whenever you have less than stellar quarterback play and less than stuff, because Hackett seems to be absolutely insane to me. It proves to me how good Aaron Rodgers has been over the last half decade. 
and how bad Russ is outside of the Pete Carroll system. But that, that, that's the point. You can't judge somebody fully based upon having such great talent because I think coordination and coaching is so much more. It's why Doug Peterson got so many points out of me whenever the scheme worked with Nick Foles. It's why I wasn't super sold on Zach Taylor after his miracle year last year. There's a reason yeah. why Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, um, even Bruce Arians last year, there's a reason why the top head coaches in football are the top head coaches. And it's more than just their play calling. It's more than just their offenses. It's the ability to get respect from a locker room and to command that locker room because Hackett's already lost the locker room. I think McDaniel's never had the locker room. I think first and foremost, it's the reason why Dan Campbell still has a job. You have to be a leader of men first. That's why Mike McDaniel is translating so well. Yes, he was the run game coordinator and he was a brilliant mind in SF, but the players fucking like him. Mm -hmm. And if you're not likable and you can't win games, there's not a track track record that shows me you're going to, you're going to last long. Yeah. Okay. Um, I really don't have a ton to say about this. Um, AJ Brown, Brown pretty much is the story here. Um, six catches for 156 yards and three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts 19 for 28, 285 and four touchdowns. Um, Gardner Minshew even came in about, you know, pretty sure he came in like the fourth quarter for the most part after it was blown out. Kenny Pickett threw the ball 38 times, but only for 191 yards and a pick. Um, the running game was non-existent. Once again, Najee Harris, eight carries for 32 yards. Um, Jace Claypool passed for a touchdown. So that to Derek Watt, Chargers legend. To Derek Watt. Um, the Steelers are two and six. This is pretty much what we expected with Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback. Um, there's just not a whole lot going on here. Um, the Eagles are seven and zero. They move on to destroy the Texans on Thursday. And that, that's kind of all I got. It's two teams going the exact opposite direction. Nick Sirianni has these dudes playing out of their ass. Um, I, talk- I think Nick, I think Nick Sirianni, real quick, sorry, good. has done some good maturing as a head coach because I saw his speech about the we, we want Dallas shirts, and he said, no, fuck that. You know, it's going to be about us. It's about, and, th- and that's what it is. He, he, he got caught up. He got, and, and, you know, we all get caught up and he got a little excited to play a, you know, division rival, the Cowboys who are, you know, the media's number one team all the time. You know, they are the team to beat in the division, regardless of how, you know, well they play because just how much attention they get. And I think Nick Sirianni is doing a really good job. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I, as a, as a Chargers fan, I was pissed last year whenever Sirianni was getting all of this praise for having a 9-8 and eight season and making the playoffs. Well, the Chargers may barely missed the playoffs at 9-8 and eight with their rookie head coach. Sirianni has answered every question I had about him in this season. Um, he was a rookie head coach last year, and he took a team and overachieved in a way that I didn't expect the Eagles to do. Uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts has taken that next step, and they've given him weapons that he did not have previously. A.J. Brown, comparatively to Jalen Rager, is like comparing the Mona Lisa to my finger paintings in the fifth grade or the first grade, for lack of better grades. Um, But hear me out. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC, and they could basically be the best team in football. Dallas is doing some great things, but what the Eagles have done so far this season has been complete dominance, aside from a half of Cooper Rush playing garbage time football to make a game of it. Um, For me, though, I wish they had, would have taken a loss to this point because I just don't know when their next when their first loss comes. And if they come out of the mm-hmm. regular season undefeated, I am terrified for whoever they're playing the playoffs. 
because there's going to be good teams in the playoffs, especially in the NFC. Maybe not in that first round, but once they hit the NFC Championship or even the Divisional, they're going to have to play somebody that is prepared to face the Eagles because the Eagles are going to have issues and flaws, but if they don't lose, they're not going to have to fully exacerbate those issues because the Mm -hmm. only way to solve a problem is to recognize it exists, and if you're winning every single game, it's a lot harder to look in the mirror and try and figure out what your fatal flaw is. But regardless, they are the top team in the NFL. They are operating on a level that is just higher than everybody else. Pittsburgh didn't have a shot. Um, Tomlin's going to have his first losing season. Whoop-de-fucking-do. He's been there for like 15 years. It's a modern marvel that he hasn't had a losing season to this point. Um, Pickett might be the guy. I'm not sold on it. Uh, They just have to invest in offensive line for the next four or five years. Because if if they don't, they're never going to find the guy. Speaking of not finding the guy, uh, Zach Wilson does not look great without Brees Hall. Um, his stats look good. Missed half his passes. He went 21 for 41, or 20 for 41. 355 yards, two touchdowns, but three picks. The thing I saw biggest out of this game, and sorry, I'm losing my voice. Um, I'm, I've been run down this weekend. Um, Zach Wilson has very good escapability. He has very good legs on him but his decision-making has been extremely poor. A lot of his picks, almost all of them, overthrows, underthrows, whatever. It's him throwing on the run while trying to escape. It's trying to make too much happen, and it's kind of what we saw with Carson Wentz later on after his MVP season. Carson Wentz was good at escaping, but then bad things would happen when he would try to make a play out of nothing. And this is what I see out of Zach Wilson. And I don't know what Zach Wilson can do now uh, I don't know if Elijah Moore is going to get traded, but he doesn't throw to Elijah Moore anyway, so what does it matter? Um, he was without Corey Davis. Um, I don't even think the running game really got going. Um, Michael Carter, seven carries for 26 yards. James Robinson, five carries for uh, 17 yards. Ty Johnson, two for six. And Zach Wilson had one carry. Garrett Wilson had six for 115. Tyler Conklin taught, caught two touchdowns. That's great, but they just didn't do it. They got going a, a little too late against this defense. They scored 13 in the third. Or seven, they scored. They scored a touchdown in the fourth. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong score. Um, but they scored a touchdown in the fourth to make it close. But they just couldn't get that onside kick to make it matter. Um, they were moving the ball, but the the turnover game is what matters the most. Bill Belichick continues his dominance over the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson for me is still the starter going forward for the rest of the season. It's not particularly close. Um, they're not going to have a high draft pick. They already have five wins. I think they can get out a couple more wins. I think they're going to get smacked around by Buffalo. Um, but I think they still have another couple of wins. But I really don't know what happens from here. Because, yes, Brees Hall can come back next year and make Zach Wilson look good. But at some point, you kind of just need a good quarterback. The Cinderella story is over for the New York Jets. Um, the carriage is turned back into a pumpkin. Um, the Jets... Drafted insanely well over the last two years. Elijah Vera Tucker going down for the season hurts. Losing Brees Hall for the season is the killing blow to this team. Um, The only reason they were able to be so dynamic offensively was because of a guy like Brees Hall. He's a true game breaker, and he literally broke the game against the Broncos before he broke himself. Um, Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson sucks. Yeah, I'm speaking from privilege as a Chargers fan. Zach Wilson is not the guy. I've been low on him since he was coming out of college. The fact that he went second overall blew my fucking mind. Whenever you had a guy in in Justin Fields, regardless of where he went to school, Zach Wilson was playing terrible competition at BYU in effectively a COVID-shortened season. 
Um, the schedule was super soft. His line was one of the best in the country. And he was able to just sit in a clean pocket and move around a little bit and make stellar throws because that's what he was attributed. But the pedigree was never there. He's undersized. He's 6'2", but I don't believe it. He looks like he's six foot on camera. His offensive line is huge. Um, you could give him prime Randy Moss. He'd probably still throw it to Garrett Wilson. It's true. I it's not proper roster building. I don't get taking Zach Wilson at two. I take I get taking a Trey Lance because we've seen it with Carson Wentz. Whenever Carson Wentz was fully healthy before the knee injury, he was a transcendent talent for lack of better terms. But Zach Wilson has never been it for me. He's been given the term by myself and I'm sure many others, Mormon Manziel, because he screams Johnny Manziel to me. He may be a bit more talented. His head may be a little straighter than Johnny's ever was, but they rely upon that same escapability trying to make electric plays, which worked. And I think Manziel had a tougher competition out in the SEC, which makes it more impressive. And Manziel had the Heisman. I think if Manziel had the head that Zach Wilson has, Manziel might have translated better. But then again, Cleveland's yeah. a cesspool. But Zach Wilson was failed from the start, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he he just didn't face the talent that he needed to to prepare him for what the NFL is going to show him. And we see it week after week whenever he's constantly sabotaging games for the New York Jets. This is a game they should have won. But three turnovers mm-hmm. is insurmountable whenever you're going against uh, Bill Belichick. Yeah. And yeah. a big thing and for, for Mac- the Patriots, Mac Jones, he's the quarterback. You invested a first-round draft pick. He fell to you. Zappy is fun. Zappy is cool. But cool it with the Bailey Zappy crap. Mac Jones can manage games for the Patriots in a way that I don't think Zappy should be able to. And it's Ramondre Stevens season, baby. Feed the running backs, play good defense, and you're gonna win games. But yeah, I expect Patriots and Jets to flip flop. I think the Jets are back to being the worst in the division. Miami and Buffalo are the class, and the Patriots should be like 500 by season's end. Speaking of running the ball and playing good defense. Taysom Hill vulture touchdowns, Brandon Cook's 1,000-yard seasons, and Derrick Henry annihilating the Houston Texans. You know, he's – Go for it. So Derrick Henry has six games in his career of 200-plus rushing yards and two scores, minimum. That's twice as much as the next guy in NFL history. Four of them are against the Texans. Death taxes and Derrick Henry obliterating the city of Houston. Yeah, um, my Derrick Henry hate is done. Um, I was really scared coming into the season. I'm like, damn, he has so many miles on his body. But he might just be a Toyota. And a Toyota Thon is back on, my friends, because Derrick Henry does not care. He said, give me my transmission service, change the oil, we're going back at it. And man, if you started Malik Willis in fantasy, shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Cause 32 carries, 219 yards and two touchdowns. Malik Willis didn't have to play. I you could have started a could, quarterback. I could have led the Tennessee Titans to a win, and I would have retired with a winning percentage of 1,000. I would have been better than Cooper Rush. Malik Willis didn't have to do a damn thing. He threw a pick, but he threw the ball 10 times. There was never any need. They won, they won time of possession by almost 10 minutes. They were only four, four for 12 on third down, and they were one for one on third down. But it didn't matter. They ran seven more plays. They only had 35 yards in penalties. Derrick Henry just showed up like he does every time against the Texans. There's there's nothing really to say here. The Texans are bad. A lot of people have them taking a defensive guy, number one overall, which 
I still disagree with. I just don't like Davis Mills. Um, but there's just so many holes with this team that any pick at one, as long as it works out, feels fine. Yeah. So it's, it's for, tough. Derrick Henry yeah. against the Texans is that meme video of like Big Bird kicking in that door. And it's, it's, it's just, you honestly, can't stop him. You can't stop honestly. him. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to switch these. I'm going to switch two games because this will work perfectly. You know, you have the Titans now, you know, kind of taking over. And then you have the Colts dropping games like these. Like the end the NFC South is AFC South, excuse me, is fucking awful. It's terrible. Both South divisions are awful. Um, but the Titans are going to cruise their way because the commanders beat the Colts yesterday. Taylor Heineke does it again. And I, I'm going to keep saying it every single week. Taylor Heineke can break the all-time record for yards in a game and touchdowns in a singular game. He's not the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. He's just not. He went to he threw for 279 yards, a touchdown and a pick and a big drive to get them over the top, a big throw to Terry McLaurin, who he loves to throw to, but Taylor Heineke just isn't the guy. This win happened because the Colts suck. Because the Colts have no identity. Because the Colts benched Matt Ryan. Because the Colts can't hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Because their O-line is awful. And they gave it up when it mattered the most. That's why the Commanders won. Not because of Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke led a game-winning draft. That's great and all. But the Colts suck. This game says more to me about the Colts than it does the Commanders. I am sick and tired of this Colts crap. Tired of it. I... I, I disagree to a certain extent. Um, the Colts are terrible. The Colts are criminally bad. This is the worst the Colts have been in the last. This is the worst Colts team we've seen since Peyton Manning had spinal fusion surgery and missed the entire season. That's how bad this Colts team is. Matt Ryan was never the answer. Um, asking a guy that's going to be 40 years old in a couple of years to throw the ball 50 times a game just doesn't work. Um, but I, obviously Taylor, Taylor Heineke is not a – Set it and forget it starter in the NFL. Taylor Heineke plays well, and this team plays for him in ways that I don't think they played for Carson Wentz. Um, Heineke hasn't won these games, quote unquote, but he sure as shit helped. And guys are stepping up. Antonio Gibson probably had his best game of the year seven receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown to pair that with seven oh, carries, 19 100%. 100%. yards. Gibson and McLaurin showed up, and those are two guys that this team has constantly needed to be factors obviously Curtis Samuel and Brian Robinson Jr. have been nice to have on the team but the identity over the last three years has been the semblance of the defense they once had but the commanders are now four and four back-to-back wins beating Green Bay and Indianapolis Green Bay is a better team than Indianapolis and I think Green Bay is a better team than Washington so I think yes the Colts let this one go for sure at the same time, I'm giving the Commanders credit because the one thing about this NFC East resurgence was like, yeah, the Commanders are ass. But now this division is just good all around. They're still ass, but in a different way. Like the Commanders bad is far better than the Colts bad. The Commanders are young. The Commanders don't have $30 million wrapped up in Matt Ryan. The Commanders have a way out. The Commanders can get a higher draft pick and take a quarterback or something, whatever, whatever it may be. The commanders are set to kind of build upon what they're doing right now. The Colts are set to blow the whole thing up. I don't know if Frank Reich's going to be the coach by season's end. I don't think there's any chance of them making the playoffs. 
Ellinger is a cool pivot to see what you have, because if you have a high enough draft pick, which I don't think they're going to, I don't know what draft picks they owe to Philadelphia in the Wentz trade. That the, happened the last Colts year. The Colts still have their first round pick, and right now at this current moment, they're number 15. They're going to have to either hope that it just breaks. Effectively, they're right now that they are the Titanic. And what they need to happen is the boat has to split. The boat, If the boat just goes down as a whole and they have a 500 season, this is the worst possible outcome for the Colts because they have well, Jonathan the Taylor. Is, the thing is, too, you look at the top teams. It, it, I say top teams, but I mean the bottom teams who have high draft picks. You know, you got Detroit, Houston, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, Houston again because Cleveland's there, Tampa, Philly, Seattle. I could go on, but yeah, three quarterbacks could be gone like that. Yep. And yeah. and at that point, if you don't believe in Sam Ellinger, who's next? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like who? Yeah. Who you can't you can't keep up this carousel. It's it's not working. Philip Rivers was your best shot, and and like like. Maybe I was too hard on Carson Wentz last year, but he had extremely poorly timed interceptions, and that's what cost him the games. And now Matt Ryan is so bad, you benched him for Sam Ellinger, so you've already admitted you made a colossal mistake in that. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no, like, there's no light at the end of this tunnel because I don't know where this tunnel leads. I have no idea what's happening. This there, is, this there's is, this is pathetic. It's an episode of the Twilight Zone. It's the true definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And yeah, the, the, the Colts are an NFL purgatory in a way that no other franchise is because they're getting nowhere fast. And by nowhere, I mean, they're middling. They aren't, they aren't bottoming out. They're not winning divisions and they're not making the playoffs this year. They're just stuck. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Giants and Seahawks. I knew the Giants were going to let me down the second I picked them. But the biggest thing out of here is that we knew Daniel Jones is not going to blow anybody away. He had a great game against Jacksonville. Um, but Seattle's defense has really stepped up over these past couple weeks. Daniel Jones only threw for 176 yards. Saquon Barkley uh, got a touchdown. They got that touchdown off a of Tyler Lockett fumble, basically in their own 10. Uh, and that was the only touchdown they would score all day for the Giants. I think the two biggest turning points here, obviously, easily, is – two Richie James must muffed punts that turned into 14 points for the Seattle Seahawks. And that ends up being, you know, the deficit you lose by. Um, I think they still looked good in the second half. They continue to make good first adjustments, even though they gave up 14 in the fourth, it is off those, those muff punts. I believe at least one of them is off the muff punts and it, it's tough to ask your defense to, to um, get right back out there when they just made a stop and get right back out there in the red zone and stop Ken Walker and stop DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, the Giants at six and two are overperforming than we have ever thought. Um, Brian Dable is going to get people fired. And like we talked about with um, Divine earlier, uh, Pete Carroll, you know, it maybe isn't as crazy as he thought he was, but Geno Smith is also having a really good time. I, I don't know really going forward what the Seattle team looks like. They have a good offensive core, but I, I, it just feels like one of those things that at some point, Geno Smith is going to prove us all right. You know what I'm saying? Eh, I don't know. Geno's bet on himself for a cool, I think this is not Teddy Bridgewater. I think Geno Smith is a guy that has understood his place in the league for a long time. He got his shot with the New York jets. 
both the New York Jets were a crapshoot in the time that he was a New York Jet. It was the post-Rex uh, Ryan era, if I'm correct. I don't know if Adam Gase was the coach there whenever he played, but he didn't have the necessary tools around him to be a prosperous NFL quarterback. And Geno plays within himself in a way that I think is refreshing for the Seattle attack. Seattle doesn't need Aaron Rodgers. Seattle's never needed the quarterback that's going to throw the ball 50 times and score five touchdowns. This is a team historically that is predicated off of their defenses and off of a great rushing attack. Even Russell Wilson's Super Bowl run, it was a stellar defense and one of the top 10 backs in the league carrying a team to the precipice. And then Russ obviously was a signal caller. I think Gino is going to get an extension this offseason from the Seahawks that probably looks like two to three years. Because if the, if there's a bridge quarterback in the league that I'm cool with over the next three years, it's Gino Smith. So give I me Gino. That. And I don't think they're going to be bad enough this year to even think about drafting a quarterback in that first round. So I would I say I don't think so sign Gino to a two-year deal. If you capsize, you capsize, and you can get the next guy in and maybe even have him sit a year so you can get a better piece in that next year's draft. It's best-case scenario. They get a playoff run. They have the Broncos pick regardless of – they have two first-rounders regardless. This is a rebuild that has jump-started immensely, especially after the Jamal Adams trade. That's really yeah. stripped them for parts. Yeah, and right now they have the 10th pick overall with Denver at 3-5, and five, and then they're, they have 22, so they could still get a top-10 pick. if if I know Denver won this week, but if they continue to play poorly against good teams, Denver could easily hand them a top-10 pick. Yep. The, the curse the curse continues. It, it's literally never going to end in the regular season. Um, the 49ers once again get through the Rams very easily. It looked a little interesting early as the Rams, I believe, went up 14-0 or even 14-3. Uh, but then it was just all Niners in the second half. 21 points overall. Jimmy Garoppolo, 235 for two touchdowns. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, 34 yards and a touchdown. He hit the uh, the best hat trick, in my opinion, a passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Um, I'm pretty sure he read my tweet about holding Carolina back and took that to heart. Um, so, Christian, the, if you're, wa- you're watching, I, I'm sorry. He's the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson to accomplish the feat in an NFL game. I thought that about is you rarefied. when I said that. That is rarefied air. Um, McCaffrey had a day of all days. Um, the Rams are down bad. Even then, even then, they're one game behind the Niners, two games behind the Seahawks. This division is far from over, and I expect a lot of ugly football and divisional games moving forward. But the Niners did something in this Christian McCaffrey trade that they needed to do. Um, and it's something that the, not, that the uh, Rams are going to have to do soon because tomorrow's the deadline. And personally, a championship-ascending uh, team cannot have Ronnie Rivers being the leading rusher in their offense. Yeah. So Kareem Hunt, welcome to Los Angeles or whoever's getting shipped because the Rams need a running back. That's going to be able to give them a consistent 15, 20 carries, 80 to 100 yards because Stafford's not the same. And if you don't give him some form of a one-two, it's going to be really ugly. Yeah, we didn't talk about it earlier, but the the Ravens did trade for Roquan Smith. So I think that's really huge for them um, moving forward if they want to take this division. Um, right now, it's great for them this year. I don't, I don't know if I love the move down the road. They're going to have to pay him a lot of money in the same offseason. Yeah, they're going to have to pay Lamar yeah. Jackson. This is probably just yeah. a rental to try and exercise whatever they're going to get out of this season, unless they want to bring him back and Lamar. But yeah, we'll, no we'll, uh, 
for anybody watching, we'll we'll have some shorts throughout the week if there's some big trades. I know Brandon Cooks might get traded, um, DJ Moore, uh, Kareem Hunt, um, Alvin Kamara. There's a, there's a lot of big names going around, but the the NFL trade deadline is always super underwhelming. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. It, yeah. It's 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 one of the most underwhelming in all the sport. If I'm honest, it, they have one of the best off seasons, but in terms of Trade deadline, middle of the season, just not a whole lot happens. McCaffrey is probably the biggest trade in a long ass time that I can remember. Yeah, in season, it just it just doesn't happen. There's yeah. so much you have to learn in the middle of the season. I think McCaffrey they made the move because they had the bye week the next week. It was the, yeah. or the bye week the second week after. And running mm-hmm. backs a little bit easier to code into your uh, offense just because it's True. a lot of handoffs. Yeah. All right, last game, uh, the Bills. The Bills put it up on the Packers once again. Um, they tried to do a whole lot more, but Josh Allen got picked off um, a couple times. He only threw for 218 and two touchdowns. Um, and uh, Singletary, 14 carries for 67 yards. Kind of another team who could use a running back. I, I, I like Devin Singletary to an extent. But I mean, if you can go out and get a Kareem Hunt, if I can go for it, I think that would be great for this Bills team. Um, because they're already going to air it out a shit ton. I think we're, we're, uh, Kareem Hunt is a good receiving back for sure. Um, I think Devin Singletary is a decent receiving back, but it's 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 very it's blatantly obvious that even when he was having good carries against the Packers, getting eight ten yards on some of his carries, uh, that they they're just not trustworthy of him. They just don't believe in him to give him. He's not a workhorse back. He's never going to be, especially in the Bills' offense. Um, Meanwhile, on the other side, you've got the Packers who are down three scores um, running the ball 10,000 times because that was the only thing they could go. Uh, Aaron Jones got 20 carries for 143 yards. A.J. Dillon, they finally didn't abandon the run, and yet they were abandoning the run in close games, and now they just want to run the ball when they're down by three scores. So solid strategy um, there by Matt LaFleur. The Packers are three and five. They're in super uncharted territory and the sky is falling you've had 20 years of hall of fame quarterbacks and now your time is up yeah it's a tough loss for the packers um it sucks never alan lazard and randall cobb aren't playing they lost christian watson during this game um the game should have been closer it should have been a three-point loss the uh, offensive pass interference in robert tanyan was laughable to say the least yeah or it should have been like a five-point game yeah that, that 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 was just a you got to swallow that flag. Green Bay played well. The Bills played one of the worst games they played all year, in my opinion. They didn't really look too sharp. Allen with two picks wasn't ideal, but that's how good this Bills team is, especially defensively. They were able to get to Aaron Rodgers consistently, and Josh Allen is just a step above a lot of quarterbacks at this point, and the Bills are just on that higher plane of the NFL's top contenders. It's KC, the Eagles, and the Bills than everybody else. Yeah. So, congrats to the Bills, six and one. That's it's nothing to shake a stick at. They're they're looking really Who good. Did they even lose to. They lost to Miami. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they lost to Miami in the in the Tua back concussion. The game Tua stish. Tua stumbles. Tua wins game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know where the Packers go from here. They could trade for a wide receiver. I don't know if it's going to matter. It'd be nice. I think it would be decent for them, but I, I really just don't. This is, this is the end. Yep. It really is. 
because Aaron Rodgers, his time is just about up. You have two great running backs, but outside of that, you're kind of you're kind of laughable everywhere else. I mean, your defense is not too bad. Um, Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in the game, but the, there's just not a whole lot looking forward. And right now, what pick do they have? They have the 13th overall pick. We already know it's not going to be a wide receiver. Um, so you can scratch that off. So they probably go defensive player, I would assume, in the next draft um, because – Jordan Love is a whole nother story, isn't it? You could go yeah. on, for, like, you don't know what you have there. It, it's going to, I think, this is it's going to be a tough road for Packer fans moving forward. They're, they'll win multiple games moving forward still this season, but you they could be on the outside looking in. If the Giants and Cowboys continue their success, that locks up two wild cards right there. And then you got the West, who should easily break out of their slump. I don't know about the Rams, but the Niners will most likely, and the Seahawks keep playing. Then the wild card get a little tight. Nobody's coming out of the South. We already know that. Um, nope. But you're just as bad as the Bears are. You're three and five. So, it, yeah. All right. We went ten and four pending this game. Um, I believe the Browns are up eleven to zero going into halftime. Yep. So we'll. We'll see how that goes for the Bengals. Kind of looking a little lost without Chase. Um, but obviously, I haven't been watching the full game. Um, so, let's get to it. Uh, Eagles. The, the Eagles. The Eagles are beating the Texans on Thursday. Yep, the Eagles are going to win this game. I got the Patriots in the next matchup against the Colts. I'm not betting on the Colts until something just happens and then they're a different team. So probably not until I check against rookie quarterbacks. Yep. Not betting against that. Give me the uh, Colts. I'll give me the Patriots against the Colts. Um, Packers, Lions. I don't like the Packers inherently in this matchup, but I also do not like the Lions defense. Give me the Packers. But I would not be surprised if this is like a, a game that's won by a field goal. Man, I'm going to go the Packers too. I really want to go the Lions, but the Lions defense just does nothing for me. And if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to have those decent of a date games against the Bills defense, they should be able to do whatever the hell they want against the Lions defense. I think the Lions defense can go pound for pound, or the Lions offense can go pound for pound with the Packers offense. I think they can shoot out, but in the end, I have to pick the Packers because the Lions just show they can't stop the bleeding at any point, and they just give up just enough to lose every time. Yeah, then we got Chargers-Falcons. Don't even ask me this question. I'm going with the Chargers. You are facing the division leaders. Yeah, I'm going Chargers. The Falcons could pull some bullshit, and I could fucking (laughs) come come over here next weekend crying, but I – they have to win this game. It's been a season from hell. And if you're going through hell, you got to keep moving. So the Chargers have to win this game. This is one of the ones that will cost us a playoff spot if we drop it. A hundred percent. You, you got to just, I know the run, the run defense has not been good, but you have a bye it's week. Tyler Algier. It's Tyler. Well, it's, I was going to say more Marcus Mariota than anything. I don't know if Cordero Patterson is back. It, it's close. If Patterson's um, back, think. I'm scared. <laughs> That'd be wild. But, I mean, you know they won't throw the ball if they're down, so just get up early and you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm going the Chargers, too. I'm, I'm taking the Bills over the Jets. Yeah, 100%. I think Zach yeah. Wilson 
is in a bad spot. I think Zach Wilson's going to be in danger this game. I think Vaughn Miller might uh, brand his number on the back of Zach Wilson's jersey. How many times he's going to hit him? Seriously. Sauce uh, Gardner against Stephon Diggs, though. I'm excited to see that. Be a lot of fun. But That'll be a lot of fun. I that's think the one match I'm looking forward to. And I think the pass rush is going to be good, but the problem is Josh Allen is so mobile and hard to take down that I think he'll just have a field day in terms of rushing yards, too. Yeah. Uh, you got the Vikings and the Commanders. Yeah, give me the uh, g- give me the Vikings. Yeah, give me the Vikings 100%. They just, they're the overall better team. The Commanders are, you know, they've played well against the Packers and the Colts, but God, do we hate both those teams. I mean, it would be so Minnesota to drop this game out of all games they've played so far. Um, but, yeah, we're, we'll take the, the Vikings 100%. You, we're taking the Bengals over the Panthers, I think, regardless of this outcome on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Bengals. <laughs> I, Carolina sucks, and they don't know what the rules are. And P.J. Walker isn't a starter, but neither is anybody else on that roster at quarterback. Bengals have one more week without Jamar Chase. It's they're gonna they're gonna be better. They're gonna be able to game plan yeah. better. T. Higgins is going to have the breakout game at some point. Joe Mixon has been atrocious efficiency wise, but it's the Panthers. Yeah. G- give me the Bengals. Next game, Raiders and the Jaguars. I'm picking the Raiders at a pure spite. Jacksonville is good, but they're also bad, and the Raiders are bad, but also good. Like I best day. Like best day, the Raiders are a better team than the Jags under current construction. Yeah. On their worst day, the Jaguars are a better team than the Raiders during current construction. I'm an optimist. Oof, I'm gonna pick the Raiders. I, I don't I really know who stops Devontae Adams. I don't I know who stops Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is a monster right who now. Who stops Travis Etienne? Chandler Jones is getting paid a lot of money. Maybe he starts earning it this week. I don't know, man. Okay, hang on. I just want to see Chandler Jones's stats this week. He has half a sack. Oh my god! Half a sack for the season. Oh lordy, he had one tackle against the Saints. No assists, no sacks, no nothing. He's He's in his bag. He's in his bag. He got his bag. Yeah, give me the Raiders. Doing dope with his brother, I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, I'm picking the Raiders. I really want to pick the Jaguars, but. Um, I think it's criminal to make them play after their London game. I think that I, I get it. They're highly paid, but the Broncos are getting a buy and the Jaguars are not. I think that's a little criminal. I think yeah. it's a little ridiculous. Well, um, Russell did do high knees the entire flight to and from. So, you know, he they don't want him pulling another hamstring. Well, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is probably brushing his hair. So 1000 strokes a day, man. You got to everyone. Gotta sure. Everyone has their their thing. Um, the Dolphins, Bears, Dolphins and the Bears, Dolphins. This this battle is taking place in the water. I don't know how to break it to Bears fans. Bears are cool in the water. Dolphins are faster. This Dolphins freaking passing attack is just terrifying. Roquan Smith just got traded. They just lost Robert Quinn. Yeah. Miami by two, two two scores. Like Dallas just put up forty nine points, and I think Miami's offense is a bit more efficient. So give me Miami. <laughs> Can't wait for Tyreek Hill to carry me this week. Um, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. 
Oh, dude, I'm picking the Cardinals just because I, I I love watching Cliff Kingsbury keep his job as much as I hate him. And they're the in-season hard knocks team. I can't watch this team hate themselves for the entirety of the show. I want one Kyler Murray victory dance. Like, I need I need it. I need it bad. I'm, I'm picking the Cardinals. The Seahawks didn't look groundbreaking against the Giants. And it's a divisional game. Divisional games are weird. And I don't expect Kyler to play as bad as he did this previous week this week because that Seahawks defense is not good it's not yeah, a he defense. played he played terrible against the Seahawks but it came out strong against Minnesota I think D hop makes a huge difference for sure it's, yep. it's not even close I think yep. he'll continue to pepper D hop and I think that'll take him there'll be a fun game to watch um mm-hmm. Rams Buccaneers you want to talk about two teams that need this win badly because I didn't really say it in, in the Rams but the Rams are getting their heads kicked in and losses and most of their wins are not very good I'm picking so, the Rams Ooh. I'm picking the Rams. Okay. Um, it's going to age like milk, I'm sure. Cooper Cup plays the Rams win. Cooper Cup misses the Bucks win. Cooper Cup is dealing with an ankle sprain. He's day-to-day. Um, but Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey is still Jalen Ramsey. And I'm assuming they're going to have a running back on roster come Sunday. That should be an upgrade over whoever the hell's been behind center. True. The Bucks are banged um, up. The Bucks are in disarray. Brady looks worse every single week. And their running game is terrible. And I don't expect running straight into Aaron Donald is going to help that. It's going to be a terrible game. It's probably my least favorite game of the week. But somebody has to win. And I do think the NFC West is a better setup than the NFC South. I'm going to pick the Bucks um, because I think simply – and this is not even due to like me trying to catch up in record, <laughs> but in in their losses, I think the Bucks have looked better than the Rams. I'm concerned for yeah. the Rams. I know Cooper Cup is going to play despite his ankle injury, but if somehow that worsens, if somehow they don't trade for a running back come tomorrow, yeah. um, I'm I've been concerned for Stafford all year long, and it's proven me right. Um, the Rams just don't blow me away in anything they do. They they barely beat a backup quarterback in Carolina. Granted, PJ Walker has looked a lot better since that game, but yeah. like it, it's just their wins have not looked good. Their losses have looked god awful, um, and at least the Bucks have shown life in most of their games. So that that's basically the only reason I'm taking the Bucks. I mean, it, neither team can afford to lose this game at all. It, they they are so far behind if they lose this week. But somebody has to win. Somebody's got to lose. It feels like a loser leaves town type of type of matchup, and I just think the Rams need this win way more than the uh, than the Bucks do. Because yes, the Buccaneers are second in their division currently, but the division leader is Atlanta. The Bucks can make up for whatever deficit they're going to have in the next three weeks. The Rams have to keep pace with this resurgent Seattle team and the newly reborn San Francisco 49ers. The Rams need to win more. And I think, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like the Rams are holding on to more of the candle that they have for a championship window than the Bucks do. I think the yeah. Bucks are just kind of on this downhill slope. They're not going to be terrible, like moving forward. But mm-hmm. the Rams window is right now. They cannot roll over and lose this game. They this If there's a must-win game on their schedule, it's this one. Because if they lose this game, oh, yeah. Yeah. the road to a playoff spot is almost insurmountable. Shit, and they move into the top 10, and Detroit could have two top 10 picks if the Rams continue exactly. to be this bad. 
That'd be insane. Uh, There's a lot of bad teams that could be set up really well if their contemporaries set them up perfectly. Um, I still can't believe the Eagles have the first round pick of the Saints. That blows my fucking mind. Um, It scares me to death as a Cowboys fan. Um, Yes, not checkers. (laughs) Titans and Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, one thousand percent. Derrick Henry could carry the ball fifty times for five hundred yards. I'm picking the Chiefs. I I could see a world where Derrick Henry wins this game because the Chiefs' run defense has been so bad. But I just can't. It's off the bye week. They're going to be so much faster. They're Kadarius Tony. I don't know if he's going to make a huge breakout this week, um, but I think it's still something added in there that they didn't have before. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see him actually play a game healthy. Um, but yeah, I have to take the Chiefs here. The, t- the Titans can look good, and they did beat the Chiefs last season. And Derrick Henry can tear up this defense for sure. But I just don't see a world where it's going to be enough because Mahomes and the Chiefs can just score so fast. Like the Titans can take 10 minutes off the clock and get Henry in the end zone. And then three seconds later, it's a tie game. It's, yep. it's, it's just that easy. And then Monday night is the Ravens and the Saints. Ravens, give me the Ravens. Um, yeah. I don't like what Dennis Allen does with this offense. It takes Alvin Kamara being next level for them to really compete in games or Taysom Hill just fucking saying whatever, I'll do it myself. Andy Dalton's been fun to watch. The defense has been disappointing besides the Raiders game. The Ravens are looking to make an impact in their own division in a way that the Saints really can't this year. So, yeah, yeah. give me the Ravens. This game means more to them. They just got Roquan Smith. I think they could make another move to get a perimeter-type star or a perimeter-type player receiver. They could use one, obviously. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Andrews should play, hopefully. Bateman hopefully can come back, even without them. I think them. Bateman's out for a couple of weeks. Well, hopefully Andrews is back. Duvernay's been good in his stead. And then yeah. likely is also a weapon. The Ravens just seem to have that. Yeah, likely it would be really interesting to see uh, yeah. him implemented more, maybe a lot of two tight end sets with Bateman out. But, yeah, give me the Ravens, too. The Saints played a great game against you know, a bad team, but I think the Ravens, especially with Roquan Smith now, will be interesting to see moving forward. But I think they're a better team overall because of that trade now. Um, I don't know. I'm probably not putting them in Super Bowl contender right now because the Titans or the the Chiefs and the Bills exist in their conference, yeah. but they're still a good team moving forward. I think they're a better team than a lot of others. The Ravens are definitely like Tier 2, Tier 3. Yeah. Okay, as well, my voice continues to dip out, we will also dip out. We need two more points for Amari Cooper so I can sleep well tonight. Um, and, and that's it. That's all I need. Yep. Well, um, we, appreciate, we appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in. Divine, thank you for keeping us honest. Uh, go Birds, for lack of better terms, Geno <laughs> Smith. He's your favorite quarterback's favorite quarterback. But uh, – that's it. That's a wrap on NFL week eight. We look forward to week nine. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody tuning in. Stay safe. Check your candy. Don't bite down on a razor blade. Um, I hate when that happens. But um, yeah, you know, have the happiest of Halloweens and uh, may your treats be sweet and your tricks not so uh, bountiful. But if you got nothing left, Austin, it's time for the final word. Peace.